Hi everyone, I'm Renee Barnett, and this is What's Left. Hey, how are you? So glad that you could join us today. I'm here with my wonderful co-host from across the pond, George White. Hi, and, hi George. How are you? We got Sean Halsell with us as well. Hey, Sean. Hi, hi George. How are you both doing? How's right. the weather over there? Uh, the summer's ended. Uh, we, had, we had that 20 minutes of summer in the UK. But... I was just... Uh, checking out the news uh, across the nation or across the world. And in France, I was looking at the, uh, the sunflowers that are just dead in the fields. And it just, I mean, having been to France multiple times uh, and seen those fields of sunflowers, you know, I know I'm in France when I'm driving through the countryside and see all those beautiful sunflowers. And I just, it, it was so disheartening to see in I guess my only comment is, you know, there are people out there that deny climate change. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's insane, isn't it? And talking about insane, uh, what's oh. going on in America at the moment, Renee? Oh, not a thing. Nothing, nothing. We're just uh, running smoothly over here, tooling along. Unfortunately, we have a former president under several indictments. And... Um, uh-oh, I forgot to put my phone on silent. So sorry. Uh, anyway, so we can, and I, I can't reach it to turn it off. But anyway, I'll turn it off when the, in just a moment when you take me off screen. But anyhow, uh, yeah, we've got a president under indictment or a former president under indictment, also running for president again, and uh, seems to be perfectly legal for a convicted felon, if that's the way it turns out, which honest to God, there's so many cases and there's such a plethora of evidence. I don't see how he won't be convicted on certainly at least one felony, if not multiples. So, but I guess it's uh, perfectly legal for someone to serve uh, in public office, including the presidency from their prison cell. I don't think that'll happen. I really don't think that'll happen. Um, it's really interesting as well with how many people who, who have been convicted of a crime who, who can't vote, have had the vote taken away from yet. It's perfectly legitimate to, to stand for office. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The uh, it's, it's so funny because, of course, the whole, you know, January 6th thing and, uh, you know, the attack on the Capitol and, and all this rhetoric out there has been, you know, the election was stolen. The election was stolen. But there have been audits on every contested election, not only by, you know, those states themselves, but even by Trump's people. And no one's been able to find anything. The only fraud that they're finding is from Trump voters. There was a, a, a Trump uh, official 
that yesterday was uh, indicted or convicted, I guess, of voter fraud, where he had said he was living in one county, he was living in another, and he voted in both. And also, you know, I mean, and he was a campaign official screaming uh, voter fraud and he was committing it himself. But I mean, that's just one person. So there was over uh, overwhelmingly little uh, fraud. I mean, there's always going to be a little bit. Somebody, you know, is going to mail their dead uh, grandfather's voting ballot in or, or, or whatever. But it's amazing that he does still maintain any support, you know, from where I sit. But, you know, I'm way on the other side of the of the court here. So as well, from an outsider looking in, the elephant in the room is almost every one of your elections has been stolen. It's not by either party, it's by by big corporations who pump money into your, well, your system and, and take that away from the people. It's it it's it honestly, I really think you've hit on something there because I you know, of course there are uh, campaign co contribution laws and things like that. But there are so many ways around those. You know, an individual cannot uh, contribute more than $2,500 to a campaign. But there are ways they can get it through PACs and things like that, that uh, it, it's just ridiculous. I just, honestly, I don't, I don't think it should be about money at all. I don't know if we should. Uh, Very quickly. Well, uh, there he goes. Uh, it was. Um, I. I don't know. I, I, it, it's it's very confusing on this end, uh, you know. And I can only imagine what it must be watching us from afar. It, it, it must look insane over here, but uh, I don't know. I think it's I think it's getting better. I think it's getting better. Certainly these DAs and special prosecutors are doing their jobs and they are uh, you know everyone was complaining about how long it was taking but if it meant dotting every i and crossing every t, you know, I say take as long as you need, just get it over with before the election. And so that's what they've done really. Uh so we've got trials coming up. I mean, Trump's trial calendar looks crazy for next year. He's got trials one after the other. And now let me just ask you this. Now, I know, you know, there are such a thing as, you know, sociopaths and psychopaths who don't uh, experience the same emotions or the same level of emotions or the same range of emotions that most people do. Uh, and I know that even, you know, like in the face of tr uh, trouble and turmoil, they seem to handle it a little bit better uh, than most people because they just don't, they think I'm going to be fine. I'm the best. I'm going to win. I'm, you know, but surely all these cases that are coming down and with people apparently you know, flipping on him, as we call it here in the United States. I don't know if that's a common term everywhere. But, um, you know, there are people now that are retaining their own attorneys and uh, 
they're going to testify against Donald Trump. So you would think, especially, I mean, he's not a young guy. Uh, he's not a healthy guy at all. You know, he eats terribly. He's overweight, even though he put his weight, his height and weight down as six foot four, two fifteen, when they checked him in the uh, in the Fulton County Jail. Is I mean, he's just so ridiculous that he he he's got to be almost a hundred pounds more than that. And like, who cares? You know, but he just wants to bash everybody else's weight, like Governor Chris Christie. So he has to feel like he's the perfect specimen, I guess. But yeah, so he was, uh, but he was indicted and, you know, there was a question, how will he be treated? Will he be treated, you know, uh, with kid gloves? Will he be, will he have to do a monk shot? Because uh, previously in all the other cases where he's been indicted, where he's been arrested, uh, they have not taken his mugshot with the reasoning that, oh, there it is. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now, okay, that is a hideous picture and it looks scary and mean and crazy. But yet the Republicans are all saying, oh, he looks strong, he looks tough, he looks hard. And then, you know, immediately they put it on a T-shirt that he made an infomercial on the same day about the T-shirt. And the T-shirt is the mugshot with a, with a banner across saying, never surrender. Ironically, it was on a picture of him when he was actually surrendering to law enforcement. So it's like... Everything is fake. Everything is something different. Everything is the opposite. We're living in opposite world. But just to flip that around, right, do, you, do you not think this could be exactly what he wants to get his supporters riled up? And with all yes. these court cases, you're not going to see him out of the press and he's not going to not have a microphone in front of him for months and months. That's exactly. And that and that's the problem is of, of turning your politics into a circus and, and all that stuff and allowing that to happen originally has led to this stage now where it's become so divided and it's not just political differences which we debate on anymore. It, it's it's got the real 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 chance that, that violence will spawn to it again after after, after what we saw at Capitol. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I disagree with most uh Republican and conservative policy uh or maybe not most but there's a lot you know that i don't agree with however i really would prefer because of the system that we have in place you know the two-party system basically i would prefer a healthy opposition uh because i mean this is just draining for the country people are you know Remember, Sean, on one of our initial shows, we had Dr. Bandy Lee mm -hmm. uh, on who uh, had written the book and talks about uh, Trump derangement contagion and how, you know, fascism is a mental illness. And I think that was a bombshell for us, you know, uh, 
James Martin was with us and I know that hit him. It's like a, a whole different way to look at it. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, the folly I do, but folly all everybody, you know, it's like group psychosis. Absolutely. So what are your thoughts on what's going on in the States, George? Well, the, the, um, when the, the storming of the, uh, of the capital um, seemed, seemed at the time, it seemed unbelievable, didn't it? And then when you look back into sort of um, the, the, the age of dictators in Europe and the, and the, um, the rhetoric that has been used before and since, and the the the, uh, the idea that everybody was watching a gog at, for example, Mussolini marching on Rome uh, in a in a democratic country, um, it, it does seem like that can never happen here. That can never, you know, I yeah. think most people will have been thinking that can never happen in the United States. Democracy is so. Uh, so well embedded, nobody had stand for it. But it came within a, an uncomfortable margin. Probably not. It wasn't on a knife edge, perhaps, but it came within an uncomfortable margin. There was a there was a period of I'm not sure how how long it was, but there was a period of time where um, the the government of the United States, the buildings that the that governed the United States, were occupied by. Um, you know, rioters. It, it doesn't. It, it's something that you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be able to to report upon, isn't it? It was like the Twilight Zone. I mean, it was like what? It was, it was surreal, uh, and it was. It, I remember that day. You know, you, you couldn't stop watching. You know, eyes glued to the TV, and you're wondering where are the reinforcements? You know, where is the protection. And when you know now what you know about, you know, the planning, I mean, we've, we've heard phone calls, we've heard, we've read text messages. So we know that this was not unexpected and how, you know, the president of the United States not only engineered it, you know, but then allowed it to, to do what it did. And for hours, and I just remember that it seemed like it was just days, you know, because you kept thinking, how, how is this going to stop? And it was, it was appalling. It was appalling. And, you know, the way they went, this is the people's house. Well, yeah, but it's all the people's house, not just a small faction of the people's house. But anyway, um, and in this whole murderous thing that the the Republicans or I I wouldn't say Republicans I would say the MAGA Republicans have going you know about you know thinking they should kill Democrats I mean it's just it's insane it's really insane I I don't I don't know where you know how that's going to get completely tamped down. I do think, honestly, in my heart of hearts, uh, secretly, I do hope Trump is the nominee because I don't think there's any way he can win. I think people are too tired and too scared 
And he certainly lost any of the independent votes that he garnered first time around. Do you not think there's a danger there, though, that you give him a platform again um, and the election sort of doesn't even matter that, that January the 6th ends up becoming sort of like a trial run for, for what could happen in the future? Well, I'm sure, it, I'm sure in his mind it, it was. I'm sure he would do something even more evil. I just don't think he could make it. But this is what I've been thinking the last couple of days. Okay, I don't know who it would be uh, if he does get disallowed from the ballots. Um, I don't know who is going to be the one that would be stepping into it. You know, I don't think anymore that it would be Ron DeSantis because he's just done nothing but go down, 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 down. People are sick of him too and his anti-woke stuff when he can't even explain what he means. Um, and he's he's got zero personality and unfortunately that's important in a campaign, you know, to get voters. You want voters to relate to you and um, I don't know how in the world anybody ever related to Donald Trump, but he had something that a certain part of our population related to. And I have to say, it probably was anger. Anger and racism. And ego as well, I think. I think that sense of entitlement and ego that comes from, from having that wealth and never having to, to sort of go for any sort of struggle in your life, I think that, that ego and sense of entitlement yeah. Well, and America's very, very strange from the outside again looking in. And I don't for a moment believe every American's like this, but the culture seems to be geared towards let's accumulate as much stuff as we can. And it is. I mean, that's sort of how we're programmed, you know. And I mean, I was too. I was too. I remember, you know, uh, I planned on, you know, driving a Rolls Royce and being someone famous and doing this and doing that. So I got to have big house and everything. And the, you know, the more, the older I got, the more mature I got, those things just don't matter. You know, I'd like a good car that can get me from A to B and maybe doesn't look like a complete trash heap. But other than that, I don't care. You know, uh, I wouldn't even want a huge house, you know, with 36 rooms because honestly, I would feel like crap in there knowing that there were people that didn't have a roof over their heads. You know, why do we need more than we need? You know, uh, why did just because I have a lot of money, why does that mean I need 50 rooms in my house? Well, I mean, for me, it's because you've spent your whole life being told that's how you demonstrate your value to society. And it is. Probably that's that sort of neoliberalism with the Chicago boys and, and all that. And, and how America decided to bounce back from the post-war slump was, was consume as much as possible rather than let's rebuild communities. It's sad. Yeah. Uh, I wonder with, uh, with, with Donald Trump, though, as well, because up until this point, um, from the from the bits that I've read, um, his his experience of the legal system has been uh, something along these lines: you, that you end up in you end up in court um, or on the way to court, 
you hire yourself a big fancy lawyer, um, you threaten the other side that if they if they lose, they're going to have to pay for your fancy lawyer, and then you offer them a settlement somewhere, um, you know, with some strings attached that say, if you accept this settlement, you've accepted that you, you know, you can't you can't take me through the courts again. And, and and that's been his experience. Money's always bought his way out of trouble, even when he's been banged to rights, even when he's been uh, potentially, you know, cheating on property deals or um, I think sexual harassment and various things that have been, been accused of. And he's always, every time, been able to buy his way out of the legal system by doing this. And it, it, this is possibly the first time where he's he's not in that position because it's not somebody versus Donald Trump. It's Donald Trump versus the state, isn't it? You know, it's, the United States of America yeah, versus yeah. Donald Trump. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> yeah, he... Uh, it, to me, it's astounding. Um, but I do see a tiny pinhole light at the end of the tunnel. I believe his influence is waning. Um, it's waning in the media, even though it's st he's still on there way too much. Uh, his support is waning. People are beginning, even a few Republicans are now beginning to uh, speak out against him. Now we've got this uncertainty with uh, uh, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, who's having a health issue twice in the last week or so he's been speaking on camera and just absolutely froze and had to be led away. Uh, so I'm not sure what that, what that portends for his leadership position. I don't think he'll resign as a Senator, but there's definitely talk about him stepping down as leader, uh, and I don't know who it would be that was going to step into that position, but hopefully it's not someone even worse, uh, which is possible. Yeah, we, we have a very similar problem in this country where we, we get rid of one Tory and sort of another, another worse. Another pop up in its place. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the right winger very much akin to Hydras, aren't they? You cut one head off and two. Two yeah. more aggressiveness ones appear in the place. But you were talking before we started, Renee, about some of the state governors looking at taking Trump off the ballots. Talk us through what that looks like. Yeah, well, we're um, there is uh, an article in the Constitution of the United States, Article 14, Section 25, and I can't quote it, but what I can tell you is basically what it paraphrases what it says is that. Anyone uh, who participates in an insurrection against the United States government uh, or gives aid and comfort to insurrectionists against the government is prohibited from holding future office. And it is, from what I understand, what's called you know, self-executing, uh, terms in that it doesn't need to go before court or anything. Uh, it can just be implemented. So what's happening is governors of 
various states are looking into taking Donald Trump off the ballot in their states. And one has already filed. I think there's one coming right behind them. And as I was saying off the air, I can't imagine that California wouldn't uh, want to do that. I'll, we do have a pretty strong Republican contingent down in Orange County, but uh, obviously the state is largely blue. Uh, and I would love to see his name taken down. Although there's a little part of me that wants to have his name on there and just see him beaten, you know, within an inch of his life at the, at the polls. But um, so I, 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 it's, it's hard to say, you know, uh, and interestingly, the governor and, oh my goodness, I wish I uh, had looked it up just before his dry. I think it was the governor of Wisconsin, whatever governor it was that has started that process is a Republican governor, which I think is very good. I think it should not have been a Democrat to do it first, hmm. you know, yeah. because then it would just be all, it's a Democrat thing and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It, it causes more division, doesn't it? And it makes it look like it's just political tit for tat. And, yeah. and uh, now they, you know, the, 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 the real danger uh, or the most imminent danger, I think is the Fulton County, Georgia case against Donald Trump and 18 co-indictees. Mm. Uh, there may be fewer now because I think some are flipping. But, you know, it's really, it's a mandatory prison sentence if he's convicted on these charges. And so what he's done is, you know, Republicans who accuse the other side of weaponizing the Justice Department have called for an investigation into uh, Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis and want to start uh, procedures to remove her. And uh, the governor of Georgia just came out, I believe it was this morning, and said that's not going to happen. And he's a Republican. Of course, Bonnie Willis, you know, we don't know what her voting record is, but I can, yeah, certainly she's backed by Democrats. But he said, you know, this is not, you know, how we're going to do things. You know, we're going to follow the law, whether it helps our party or hurts our party, whatever it is, we're going to follow the law. And so I don't think they're getting anywhere with that investigation. I mean, it's so obvious. It's not a real investigation. They don't have any grounds for it. You know, they're just throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks. And so far, nothing has. What about, you know, what about uh, your, uh, your government uh, in the UK? I know that, you know, Trump had a fairly decent relationship with uh, former prime minister, uh, Bari, but uh, I don't know what, uh, what Richie thinks about him. And uh, I don't know what people, I mean, 
I would think most people in the UK probably see right through him. But I, I, think, wanna, I don't know. I've heard some people on the radio on podcasts in the UK. I think there's quite, there's quite a bit, because whether, whether you'd followed um, who, who Nigel Farage is, Rene, but uh, Nigel Farage is, know, has been, has been this recurring... Um, Nightmare for who's a good buddy of Trump for most, for most of my adult life that keeps that keeps saying uh, my political work here is done and then popping up another time on something else. But he he spent his he spent his a spell of time over in the United States courting courting Trump and the the, the Trump supporters, and and I, I do believe that that's the that those that those elements are in t- t- closely entwined. And that those um, those sorts of populist tactics have been cross pollinating, um, you know, Brexit, Trump, those things, the the the, the things that got the, both of those, um, you know, elected and and, and happening. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're coming out of the same place. We're coming from the the uh, the big money into politics. They were coming from the appeal to this populist um, thing. Look for a bogeyman to blame it all on. Um, yes. so I think, I think they're, they're they're all in the same playbook. Uh, whether or not whether or not a, a prime minister would ever um, snub a president of the United States, I'm not I'm not sure about because. Um, it hasn't it hasn't happened so far, and it, that included, you know, the Trump the Trump presidency. Yeah. Um, so, I, I'd leave I'd leave that one open. I'll never forget. I I I, I will forget exactly what the uh, what the situation was, but I I know you guys will probably remember this when, you know, people were caught. I think it was Justin Trudeau. Macron, I don't know if it was somebody from the UK, but they were caught in a private conversation laughing at, at Trump. Uh, and it was the same the same summit where, you know, they were walking and they were going to take a group photo and Trump just went and shoved uh, the president of Montenegro, wasn't it Montenegro, out of the way. And it was just like, oh, my God. I, I, I don't see. I mean, I can see him doing those things and not realizing how normal people would view that. But what I don't understand are the people viewing it and just not saying he's just not fit. You know, he doesn't he has no no spirit of decorum about him. He doesn't care about people. You know, these people that are his biggest fanatical followers, he said he called them dirty and ugly and smelly. And, I mean, he, he honest to God, he would not walk across the street to pee on them if they were on fire. But it's not angels. Spend a moment with those people. It's it's the age old thing though, isn't it? It's it's just how populists operate. They they get they, they align themselves with a group of people and then allow people to mock them. 
and then those people listening hear people mocking their guy and feel yeah. like they're mocking them. And that's where this division comes in, where rather than having reasonable debates, it all comes down to personality and, and the sort of chaos of, well, if you're saying that about Trump, you're saying he's an idiot, you mean I'm an idiot because I support him. And it, it sort of gets ingrained in, in base instinct stuff rather than, than thinking about what's in our interest. Like maybe let's do some healthcare rather than just worry about saying nonsense. Yeah. These are the people uh, that need the health care. But yet they've been convinced that it's somehow bad to have free health care. And that's where I think I think you fell down at the last the last time you chose someone pre Biden with Hillary Clinton. I think Bernie Sanders could and probably would have been the, the, the way that you're saying where you failed. I did not do that. Not, not you, Rene, not you. <laughs> country as a whole. But I think if, if you'd had a candidate like Bernie Sanders who was offering real change and something different, it wasn't status quo stuff. I think the I problem know. is it, it's, yeah, you, you need to what people are ready for change now, both both in Europe and, and America. Yeah. Where we need a, a viable alternative. This system, capitalism as it has been operating for the last few decades, just is not working. It's, it's destroying our environment. It's driving people into poverty and increasing that divide. The justice system is broken. It's, I mean, I've just watched uh, that Painkillers on Netflix, and it's just criminal where you see, you step back and think this is what capital has done to healthcare, where it's created this massive problem. And it isn't a drug problem. It's a problem of capital where you monetize things and until it's harming people uh, and no one can step back and, and challenge that. And I think we need viable alternatives on the table and at least give people a platform to talk about what change would look like. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know. Do you think the world in general is sort of uh, evolving toward uh, uh, you know, more toward community. It feels like that, but honestly, I don't know if it's just wishful thinking on my part, but uh, I mean, what, what could be so bad about looking out for your neighbor, you know, or your brother or, you know, supporting each other. I, I just don't, I don't get it instead of, you know, grabbing everything that you can uh, for yourself. I think, you know, like, maybe it's just getting older and, you know, having gone through a few tragedies, losing people, things like that. But certainly it's more than apparent to me now at this stage of the game, that the only thing that is important are, are other people, you know, not driving that huge car living in a, you know, 50 room mansion. It's just uh, those things fade away and those things are, not going to be important at all when you're lying there on your deathbed looking back at your life you well, know it's going to be people I, w I would imagine i would imagine that um you know loving thy neighbor and uh, and sort of and sort of seeing seeing to other people's needs is quite a christian thing to um to to believe in and yet, and yet, and yet, where most of the the Trump support comes from seems to be from fundamental Christian, but yeah. far from far from in reality, um, practi the practicalities of Christianity. Um, but I, I, I also think that they're also the dupes in this because 
I don't. I think. I think. I would imagine that those people are genuine. Genuine in their beliefs. They genuinely believe. But I certainly don't believe that Trump is anything. I, I, I would. I would think at best he would be something like agnostic, and uh, you can see some of the sort of um, theatre play when he's holding the Bible and things. And he, there was one with the. Uh, there was one with the with the American flag where he was. Hugging on stage, it. and he was almost like French, French kissing the stars and stripes. And I was, I was watching humping it. Think, the flag. He was humping was, the flag. But, but I was watching it, thinking, surely this doesn't come. Surely this doesn't go across. Surely nobody watches this and goes, "Oh, how genuinely this yeah. this man's been overcome with emotion for his for his symbol of his nation or whatever." It just seemed really absurd looking at it from uh, an outsider, if you will. Well, it seemed absurd to me too, but uh, there are those that fell for it. He loves this country, you know. No, he doesn't. You know, I mean, his history is so bad. I mean, you know, first thing we knew about him in, in, in the court system was, you know, when he and his wicked old dad uh, were discriminating against black people uh, renting in their apartment buildings. Uh, and they, you know, that was true that they were convicted of that. It was the adverse as well, wasn't there, with the Central Park Five where he was calling... Yeah, just right night, the Central Park Five. These young guys were in the park and a, a jogger was attacked and raped and beaten and Trump took out a full-page ad in, like, the New York Times saying, you know, basically hang them and all this stuff. And they were sent, convicted and sent to prison for years. And then it was found that they did not do it. And they were all they were kids as well, weren't they? They were all children. They were and, kids. Yeah. And then one of them has just won uh, a seat in state government uh, where he is. And I was so glad to see that, especially after hearing him speak. I mean, I don't know how anyone could spend time wrongfully convicted uh, of a crime like that, especially, you know, when it was such obvious, you know, racial discrimination and everything and not be bitter. But this guy is not bitter. He's out there working for his community. You know, and it's kudos to him. That's the interesting, I mean, national American politics doesn't, it's not really interesting to me because I think the states are too different to ever be cohesive. But when you get down to state politics, there's some really, really interesting and, and brilliant characters around. Tennessee state politics is very interesting, mm. where they kicked out the, what do they call them, the Tennessee Three or something. There was a, two, two very young black congressmen mm -hmm. and a, a white woman congressman who... It, they were just trying to be heard about gun violence. And they even had parents of the children that were killed just down the road at the Covenant School there uh, in Tennessee. They made those parents leave. They would not allow them to have a picture of their child to hold up or anything like that. And then they made them leave and they wouldn't allow 
these representatives to speak. So it became another big brouhaha, but uh, all they're doing is calling attention to the way that they're trying to silence people and how they really are. I mean, and please don't get me started about the book banning in Florida and Ron DeSantis, and he's not going to, he's not going to be the nominee. He's too unlikable. He's got zero personality and what he, or what personality he has is horrible, but uh, he, he's just mean. For and me, I mean, that's, it's depressing. Black history out of the, out of the history book. Okay, can you imagine, I was thinking about this, can you imagine, let's say the whole country goes that way and we just start, you know, omitting. It's, it's highly possible that in a very short period of time, people around the world are going to know more about American history than our own children growing up, which puts them at a severe disadvantage i mean if you just want to look at it that way you know they're just they're going to be uninformed i was just going to say it's, it's depressing as it all feels at the moment though seeing them them state congressman in tennessee and the congresswoman that that's the future of politics and that's where we've got to draw hope from seeing that these people are coming through and making it through and despite all odds and all yeah. the money Ordinary people speaking for their communities are starting to get traction and people listening to them. And I've seen the videos of, of that from Tennessee round in, in the northwest of the UK. So these these people are the future and these are the people we've got to look towards to, to sort of carry that flame and, and sort of return us back to some sort of normality where politicians speak for us instead of against us often. We've got some, you know, young people... Uh, that are coming up, you know, some are already in um, United States Congress that are just sharp as they can be, you know, and they're not afraid. It's They're not afraid to speak up. Uh, and I'm not saying they're militant or uh, they just know their stuff and they're not afraid to, to call people uh, to task. You know, they're, they're not afraid to, to speak up on the floor of Congress. And it's just really heartening to see the talent, you know, these smart young people. And most of them, to be fair, you know, don't come from some kind of wealthy home. Uh, you know, they, most of them, you know, come from working class families. And I think that that leads into them not having that fear because – They've grown up, and especially of, of our generation, sort of thirties and below. We've not had anything to lose. We didn't manage to get mortgages and big houses when we were younger. We've got nothing to lose. What what can they take away from us? So what have we got to fear from from turning down companies throwing money at us? It's yeah, it, it is heartening. Yeah, well, I, 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 I seem to remember about um, AOC. Um, she was she was being derided for having been she was a waitress I believe, um, and she was being derided as like what what's a waitress know about sort of politics yeah. or whatever, and it seems it seems this um, this sort of impossible golden point that you have to hit if you if you if you're wealthy and you're educated you're an elite and you're preaching down to people if you uh, if you if you're too poor you it's just the politics of envy and you're just jealous that you don't have a, a, all the wealth that we have 
you know, if you were if you used to be a cocktail waitress, you 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 were. Uh, what would you know? What would you know about serious uh, serious things? It just seems that there's this impossible place where you have to be um, in order to be the perfect politician, and that and the answer basically is, uh, so long as you're talking about the things that we don't want you to talk about, you'll never be in that. You'll never be in that golden place, will you? I mean, and, and come on, we're talking about AOC, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. She is smart as a whip, you know. And I'm not saying I totally agree with everything. I mean, I, I, I off the top of my head, I, I can't really think of anything I disagree with her on, but I'm not fully aware of her entire uh, policy desires and plans. But she, no one can uh, say that she doesn't know what she's talking about. She's super well-informed, super smart, and very concise. You know, it's like, put her up against uh, Lauren Boebert or Marjorie Taylor Greene, and she will talk circles around them, you know, and I don't know. As well, just the life experience. I mean, they're called representatives for a reason. They're supposed That's to right. represent us. It's, we shouldn't be looking to, to elites and people who own businesses and, and are in that revolving door between like Axon and, and Congress and Senate and, and our parliament here. These big, big companies, it's, it's, they should represent us. They should understand struggle and where we've come from. How do you know what the answers to some of these problems are or even what the problems are if you've never experienced it yourself? It's, it baffles me why, why as a class, we constantly have to go looking outside of our own class for people to, to speak on our behalf. Wouldn't it be good if there were, if there were, um, if it weren't just some a group of septuagenarians deciding deciding which one was going to be the president? You know. Yeah, you know. But speaking of that, it's it's like it's getting a little bit weird. You know, of course, with Mitch McConnell and Senator Dianne Feinstein, you know, uh, being ill and everything. And I guess it was Nikki Haley. Uh, who's also, of course, running uh, for the Republican candidacy for president, who said Congress was uh, was just a nursing home now, you know, which I thought was very tacky. And I'm not sure if that's, you know, because I'm getting closer to Mitch McConnell's age. Than <laughs> Actually, I'm probably between Mitch and Nikki, but... <laughs> But you know what I mean? It, 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 it was kind of a tacky thing to say. Uh, but yet, I mean, those are concerns. Now, quickly, I want to say uh, about the election and how people are saying, oh, Joe Biden, you know, he's going to croak and he's not going to make it and all this and he's too old. OK, I could understand if he was too uh, feeble to carry on his duties. Uh, if he if his mind wasn't you know working properly but this guy is getting stuff done and again I don't like everything about him there would have been people I would have rather seen up there but he is getting things done for the American people he's implementing he just implemented something yesterday that could that would keep employers from reprisals against people, you know, trying to start unions. Uh, it's going to make it, make it easier. 
kind of a little thing, you know, could have been a lot bigger, but, you know, at least he's moving in those directions. Uh, and, you know, don't mention the, you know, women's health care thing, because, I mean, you know, that's just ridiculous. You know, now the state rules over women's bodies and people are, are dying as a result of it because they go, they're having a difficult pregnancy, something's wrong, even an ectopic pregnancy, which can kill you. Uh, doctors are afraid to abort that because even though that pregnancy would never, ever, ever be viable, uh, doctors are afraid they'll get their license pulled or put in prison because they performed an abortion. So uh, it's, it's just really crazy, but it's all coming, um, all coming from the same direction. I think what Biden did well was was not pushing Bernie Sanders out and not sort of marginalizing him and bringing him in, and that has allowed that sort of left wing trade unionist, like traditional left wing voice, in there. And, and honestly, he embraced that and brought the Democrats together. It feels like certainly from the outside. I mean, to me, that shows that he's kind of smart because you know that was a smart move to do that he brought in more people under the tent i know. think that's certainly where hillary fails yes is this okay yes he could die uh we could all die i mean you know we never know when that's going to happen and of course if you're old it's you know it's more likely that it's going to be sooner rather than later but you know He's not incompetent. He's doing good things for the country. And for me, just, you know, thinking personally, I know a lot of people don't like uh, Kamala Harris much. I, 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 I kind of get that, I guess, but I do like her. and knew more about her because she was a Californian. Uh, so I, I think it's people don't know her very well. And, they don't really put her out there. I think they need to start doing that more because if she ever should have have to take over the reins, you know, people say, oh my God, we're going to end up with her. It's not going to be any different. She's going to implement the same policies that Joe Biden started. She's going to carry on and do that. Now, whether she could get reelected, that's my worry, is that, okay, we've got an incumbent president although one that, you know, got in there because of the death of the president, you know, and now it, it'd be weird if we didn't run her as the candidate, but yet I don't think, you know, she would be the strongest candidate. Uh, although if she's has a chance to show her stuff, I mean, maybe public opinion will change about her. I don't know. I'm still holding a flame for Bernie. Oh, I hope, you know, well, that, I'm worried he's going to get swept up in this ageism thing that's going on right now. Uh, in Congress. Bernie, Bernie speaks like ordinary people. I think he gets away. But when you listen to him, you kind of forget he is older just because he speaks normal language and is is probably one of the best communicators I've heard in politics at getting ideas across very simply. And it's it's I, I enjoy listening to him. A lot is he's very very good at communicating these ideas that often get maligned and stuff. And you see see his his career. He's he's a fighter and he's he doesn't give up, does he? His no. There's he he, he he like your 
lovable, grumpy old uncle, you know, who's <laughs> always doing the right thing, you know, and, you know, you go up and give him a big warm hug, and he's, nah, nah, nah. you know, he, that's what he reminds me of. He's so, um, he's so geared toward, you know, the common good. And yes, I definitely um, would have voted for him. Yeah, that's it. Whenever you hear him speak, it's all about we. It's not I. It's it's we and us rather than than just looking at it from the individualistic thing, which I think is something that we desperately need back in politics. Thinking of us as a community again, and whether that's global or nationally or or just in our immediate areas, I think that's it's positive to hear that. And again, there are going to be a lot of young people in America being influenced by him now who will step up and start taking these seats, whether it's at state level local level or, or eventually national or federal level. Is, is, there, is there an enduring link uh, between sort of workers workers' politics, trade unions and the Democrat Party, or is it is it sort of ad hoc support as yeah, I don't think it's as strong uh, as it once was and I don't think it's nearly as strong as it should be. Unions just aren't as strong here. And, but although I'm seeing changes uh, being made mm-hmm. in those areas, you know, I'm hoping, uh, you know, for the best because things are happening. There's a lot of good uh, organization going on now. And uh, anyhow, oh my goodness, we're getting close to the old end of the end of the show. We are. It's flown by again. It really is. So I don't know if either one of you guys had anything in particular uh, you wanted to bring up either about U.S. You know, I can take it. Go ahead. (laughs) Hit me. You got anything, George? No. Not off the top of my head. No, to be honest, I think we've we've covered a lot there. It's, uh, It's just, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see whether whether there's a way to sort of reunify the country or if it's divided beyond, beyond yeah, that. Sort of I mean, it's, it's families divided. It's, you know, down to that level. It's really, it's really tough. But I do think, I think there is some of that reunification going on. Uh, it takes people, like there was that one lady who was a big, big Trumper who, um, uh, was there on January 6th, got arrested, and she's completely flipped. And she's gone on a few shows talking about how they were all duped and, you know, it's just ridiculous. And he's, you know, not going to do anything for the real people and, and all that. So it's taking people like that who are from that side of the aisle that – you know, that's what's going to make the difference. I mean, if it's somebody like me or, you know, another Democrat or liberal, it's, they're not going to hear it because they're going to put the wall up immediately. Well, presumably, um, similar to the the Conservative Party in the UK, I presume the Republican Party are the the party of law and order, the party that's tough on crime and et cetera, et cetera, and will not see the irony of, perhaps having a convicted, perhaps even time-serving prisoner president, does it not seem odd that those ideals don't sort of marry up? 
it, will, will, will the penny finally drop? Yeah, yeah. We will see. We will see. Well, this has been all, all a lot uh, for today. You know, it's all been almost all USA. And um, some of it's not very easy to hear and easy to talk about. So how about a little palate cleanser? We had a super moon this week. I wonder if anyone, isn't that gorgeous? The super moon over Stonehenge. I ripped that from offline from someone. I hope uh, we don't get in trouble for it, but it's absolutely gorgeous. So what's left? Well, what's left is we keep fighting. We keep caring about each other and we keep taking care of each other. And I think, you know, sounds silly and cliche, but live by example. And who can fault us for uh, caring about each other? That's excellent. Thanks, Renee. Thank uh, you, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Good night, everyone. Good night. See you later.